I'm Jenny Galuzzo, co-founder of The Second Shift. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things women, work, and well-being, how they intersect, our competing forces, and how to create and maintain personal and professional alignment in your life. Let's do this. Poor LinkedIn, not as sexy or as glamorous or as interesting as its other social media channels like Instagram or TikTok, but arguably it's probably way more important when you think about your career and your life. And when you think about how much time you spend on social media, how much love are you really giving your LinkedIn? Do you know how to optimize your page? Are you taking the time to make sure all your hashtags and your bio are all set up properly? I'm gonna guess not. And really, LinkedIn is where you connect and you reconnect and you meet your network, and it's where you put out your best, proudest professional you. So I think it's time that we give LinkedIn some love. And that's why Rebecca Kreisel is coming on to... Tell us how to work LinkedIn, her expertise for your benefit. We're going to learn exactly how, step-by-step, you can make LinkedIn work for you. Rebecca Kreisel is my new friend, my new best friend, because she is the LinkedIn expert who I discovered through the Second Shift Network and had decided is a genius at what she does. I love her entire story. I love everything that she has done for LinkedIn. So to introduce you to Rebecca is a true joy. Rebecca is actually a woman who has a completely different career. Her actual career is being a PhD candidate in poli-sci and communications, and she has a long career in doing like strategic communications with social good and in the political world. I was introduced to Rebecca because people coming to the second shift and looking for LinkedIn expertise. And so I reached out to Susan McPherson, who you might remember from past second shift Uh, webinar, podcast, who is like the ultimate networker. That's her title. And she's like her superpower. She connected me to Rebecca, who used to work for her, and said, this is the person to talk to. Rebecca has now done my LinkedIn, the Second Shift's LinkedIn, my brother-in-law's LinkedIn page. And I just think that the fact that this is your side hustle, not your full job, is fascinating and that you have like more than a decade of really doing people's LinkedIn as a side job. Congratulations. You are making it work for you. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Jenny, for that wonderful introduction. And hi, everyone. It's truly a pleasure to be here. And I'm excited to share some practical ways for making your LinkedIn profile work for you. So today we're going to start with the basics by first discussing what LinkedIn is and why it's important to have a profile as a professional today. And next, next we're going to walk through the anatomy of a LinkedIn profile, and we will end with some strategies for making your profile stand out. I created a LinkedIn how-to guide to go along with the webinar today that includes all of the technical information you need to both create and boost your profile. So don't fret too much over the how during our talk today and just focus more on the why and what. 
So let's get started with just what is LinkedIn? I'm sure we all know, we've seen it, right? It's that LinkedIn is a social networking site designed for businesses and professionals. So it differs from something like Facebook. You know, on LinkedIn, you're not going to post pictures of your family beach vacation necessarily, right? It's really supposed to be about your professional life. Companies use LinkedIn to advertise to potential partners and post job openings that users can apply for. Um, and then individuals use LinkedIn to create their virtual CVs, connect with others in their profession, and also to find work opportunities. Pretty much, I'm sure you were aware of that, but it's good to start with the basics, right? We're all on the same page. But then, so why is it important to have a LinkedIn profile? You know, LinkedIn profiles are often the first impression a prospective employer or professional contact has of you. So you really might as well put your best foot forward. You can think of it like having a passport required to travel through our professional world. So LinkedIn profiles really provide an opportunity to share your professional story in a more robust way than resumes or CVs. And this is especially helpful if your career followed an untraditional path. So maybe some of you may have had to take a career break or pivot the trajectory of your career after experiencing a life-changing event like having a family or caring for a parent. And LinkedIn is really a great platform for exploring how these life experiences have helped you grow as a person and a professional. And finally, you know, many of you are members of the second shift. And so you're frequently pitching companies for short or long-term contract opportunities. And having a LinkedIn profile to share with these prospective clients really allows you to share who you are as a professional and your work experience with just one link. So now that we've covered the why and what, let's turn to a review of the anatomy of a LinkedIn profile, and we're going to use Jenny's profile as an example. So we're going to start with what's called the introduction section. And this is just, you know, the first thing you're going to see on a profile, and that's where you find someone's name. For your name, you could also add a title. For example, if, you, if, you have a, if you're a doctor, you could add that there. If you have a, a degree like a JD, you could add that to your name. The second section we see here, that's your degrees of separation from a person, and that's really determined by your LinkedIn connection. So if you want to get um, you know, closer to someone, you would, you would connect with them. Um, and in this case, Jenny and I are second con uh, connections. I realized when I was putting this together that we need to connect and be first connections. This third section right here, this is called your headline. And this is arguably the most important section of your LinkedIn profile. This is your elevator pitch. This is where you tell the world in 220 characters or less who you are. We're going to go over some examples for how to do this. But just keep that in mind that it's the most important section of your LinkedIn profile. Then down here, we have um, your main areas of interest in five hashtags or less. Um, again, we'll go over how to do that later. But it's just a really easy way to summarize your main interest in a few words, right? A few keywords. And it's also a really great way for people to discover you. You know, if folks are interested in a particular topic and if they follow that specific hashtag on LinkedIn, they might come across your account. So that's a, you know, a great way, especially if you're someone who's interested in doing some thought leadership, it's really an important section to have. Then next you have your current or most recent employer you have the flexibility to uh, customize this to either not share a company that you're working for or to actually you know, highlight maybe a company that you worked for in the past that you know, maybe defined you as, an, as, a, as a professional. So you have some flexibility there. And same with your current or more, most recent school. Perhaps you have a degree that was very relevant to the work that you do and you, you wanna showcase that. 
or maybe you, you have your BA and it's not particularly relevant to who you are as a professional today, you don't need to add it there. But the more information you put on LinkedIn, the more robust your profile will be and the more likely you are to convey who you are as a professional and really tell your, your story. So the, the next section that you would see scrolling down a profile is called the activity section. And this is really a feed of your recent posts and engagements. This section would be will remain empty unless you post and engage, right? There's no obligation on LinkedIn, obviously, to be to engaging with content, but it is a great way to grow your network. And if you're currently looking for new opportunities or looking to connect with new clients, the more you engage on LinkedIn, the more your algorithm is going to put your, your face front and center in searches. So it, the algorithm really picks up your engagement and then helps other people discover you that way. So, you know, it depends what your, your purpose is to be on LinkedIn, but using the activity section is useful if you're looking to gain more contacts via LinkedIn. All right. So the next section is the about section. And, and I said that the headline in the introduction section is your mo most important part of your, of your LinkedIn. And your about section is your second most important part of your LinkedIn. It's really, this is your sales pitch. The headline was your elevator pitch. This is a more elaborate sales pitch, right? So it's a, the section where in 2,600 characters or less, you can tell your story as a professional. I recommend using as much space as you can. Obviously, there's no point in rambling, but if you can use up all the space, it's a great way to be able to include as many keywords as possible that are relevant to you as a professional and also help other people discover you. It's really the answer to the question, tell me about yourself. So if you've ever been in a networking situation, um, you know, at a networking event and someone says, oh, who, who are you? What do you do? Your about section would essentially be that response. And you, so you want to keep your reader in mind, you know, these can include potential clients, business partners, employees, and they're going to be asking while reading your profile, you know, what's in it for me? Who is this person? How can they help me in my professional world too? So, so keep that in mind. It's fine to either use both either the first or third person narrative. That really depends on your style. You'll really see a little bit of both on LinkedIn. And then at the end of your about section, you know, space permitting, I always add a paragraph that says specialties and then a list of different keywords that really exemplify the kind of work that you do or, or places your work in different categories. And we'll talk about this a little more, bit more later, but it just helps to make your profile more discoverable. Okay, so then we have the experience section. The experience section looks like a CV. So this is where you list, you know, I worked here, I worked here, I worked here, all the different dates. The, the key difference here between a CV is I really recommend highlighting just two or three achievements per role. Uh, you don't have to say everything that you did in these roles and to keep it focused on results and skills. You know, it's really about telling people, um, these are the skills that I learned. This is the value I brought to whatever company you were working for. Next, you have the education section. This is pretty straightforward. You're just listing your schools and your degrees. It's also a really great place to mention any coursework that's relevant you know, to the skills you use as a professional. So, you know, for example, if you're someone who, like me, I got a public policy degree a couple of years ago and I learned cost-benefit analysis. I also learned, you know, a few programming languages. It's worthwhile for me to mention those. Maybe you've done a different degree that was very skills-driven and you, you might want to mention the coursework that you did in that degree. And then finally, the skills section. So this is a very important section 
if you're someone who is trying to be found by a recruiter. So if you're if you're looking for jobs and you're hoping that through LinkedIn you might you might find uh, work, using the skill section is very important. You have 50 skills. You can list up to 50 skills, but really you want to think about hard skills. You know, if you're someone who does strategic marketing or digital marketing. And then you can also add some more soft skills like interpersonal skills or communication skills. Um, But really focusing more on hard skills is, I think, are the ones that are most ideal to highlight. Great. So we're going to talk about four main strategies uh, for, you know, helping, you know, make your LinkedIn profile stand out. The first one is how to write a killer headline in the introduction section. The next one, we're going to talk about how to turn on LinkedIn creator mode to include your list of hashtags in the introduction section. We'll discuss how to customize your LinkedIn URL and then also how to boost your profile for SEO search. Okay, so how to write a killer headline, right? We talked about this being the elevator pitch. This is really the piece of information someone will learn about you when they search for you on LinkedIn. So let's make it count. You get 220 characters or less. I have three examples here that I wanted to share. We have Jenny's and then we have Susan's and Sandy's. Jenny's, we used as much space as we could. It starts with her role at the second shift and also explaining very concisely what does the second shift do and then there's a sort of the motto right that drives her and then also some publications where her work has been featured so in a very concise way someone can say okay this person is interested in connecting women to jobs that's the sort of the the motto driving her work and also she has a lot of credibility because she's been featured in these awesome publications Next, I want to show Susan, whose her headline is a little bit less specific, right? It's more about, you know, these are the different roles she has. She's a CEO. She's a purpose-driven leader, keynote speaker, and author. She's got a bit of her, you know, what's her driving force, um, but it's less specific about where she's been featured or, you know, the kinds of, um, or, or what her company does specifically. And then finally, I wanted to give an example of a headline that's much shorter, but is also very effective. Sandy uh, Rosen, she just notes that she's a communications leader. And then she she mentioned some marquee companies that she's worked at, right? So that's also a very effective way of explaining who you are as a professional and, and the you know, showing that you have credibility in your space. Okay, so let's talk about how to add those, um, that sort of talks about section, right, in your uh, introduction. So in order to get this section, you actually have to turn on what's called creator mode. And I'm not going to go through those steps now. I've I've provided instructions in the how-to guide, but I'm going to talk about why you'd want to do this. So, and how, right? So you, you, it, let's say you wanted to add marketing to your, let's say that that was relevant to your work and you wanted to add that as one of your hashtags. You'd first want to make sure you want to check how many followers that particular hashtag has. So in the LinkedIn search bar, you would want to type in hashtag marketing and click enter. And then you would end up on that hashtag page and it would tell you how many followers it has. So in this case, there's about 20 million. Obviously, marketing is a very hot topic on LinkedIn. Um, and the reason you want to do this, this research is you want to include hashtags that have a lot of followers. So maybe there are other words that might describe what you do, but there are just 100 people following that hashtag. It's not that useful to add that to your talks about. Maybe you could have one that just has a few followers, but you really want to maximize this and get hashtags that that people are really interested in on LinkedIn. Okay, so next, customizing your URL. I have an example of a before and after. So before, this is the the LinkedIn that 
this is the, the URL that LinkedIn just provides you. And then you can customize it. So it's just your name. There are no numbers after it. And it's just a way of like claiming your profile and really showing that like you have done the work to polish your, your profile. And it also just helps out members and recruiters identify your profile easily and connect with you. So but let's say you have a very common name. You could maybe use, you know, common last name, but your, your first name is, you, you have a nickname that people know you by. You could put that in as your URL. You can really customize it to be whatever you want. Like I said, it just shows that you've polished your, your LinkedIn a little bit. And then finally, we're going to talk about SEO. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And really what that means is you want to make your, it, it helps you make your content more discoverable by using keywords. So boosting SEO on LinkedIn really means using very specific keywords in both your about and experience sections. These are ways that recruiters or others might find you, right? So think about keywords, you know, that, that really define your work and keywords that people might be searching for so that they could, you know, kind of find you in that way. So like I mentioned earlier, one easy way to boost your profile for SEO is by adding this list of specialties at the bottom of your about section. And you can do the same throughout your experience section. You could repeat the same keywords so that your, your LinkedIn profile just becomes more discoverable in the search bar on LinkedIn. And also when folks search on with, within a Google, for example, if they're doing a Google search, they might find you that way. So that's it for, for my presentation. So hopefully you have enough tools to make all of the all, all that we talked about today, you know, implemented on your own time. Rebecca, you're awesome. I want to just shout out Rebecca because this is the first time she's ever done this presentation. She created it specifically for the Second Shift community and mostly because I forced her to. And uh, this was fabulous. So much good information. I will say to just also give you full props. The other day I was doing something with this like Duke alumni group that I work with and they were doing a whole thing on social media and the woman who was leading it works for LinkedIn. And she used my profile as an example of like how to do LinkedIn, right? And I felt so it's like, I felt That's so, awesome. <laughs> I felt like I had cheated. I finally had to raise my hand. It was like, I had used like filters. I was like, I just, I need you to know I didn't do this myself. This was done by Rebecca Kreisel. So thank you for that presentation. What we're going to do now is I have a few questions, but I also just wanted to first ask you your background. Again, your background is poli sci and communications and like strategic communications. This is like, that's your day job. You're very successful at it. Yet for the past 12 years, you've had this side hustle helping people to do their LinkedIn. How did you get into doing that and having this become your expertise? Uh, thanks so much for that question. Well, actually, so prior to pursuing my doctorate in public policy and communication, you know, like we mentioned before, um, I worked with the fearless Susan McPherson on social impact communications. And early on during my time in this role, Susan just asked if I would be interested in helping one of her contacts with their resume LinkedIn update. And even though I had no expertise in either of those things, I said, sure, why not? I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. 
Um, and so to get ready for that first client, I did a lot of research and all the best practices around resume, LinkedIn writing, you know, and this was about 10 years ago. And I've been supporting senior level professionals with their resumes, LinkedIn profiles, and also personal websites ever since. It's really a perfect side hustle as I work on completing my degree since it uses a totally different side of my brain and skill set. You know, I love working with clients and that's not something that I get to do as a researcher. I think it's just awesome. And it's a great use case for the idea of a side hustle and the idea of how to make work work for you by you know bringing in extra money, having an expertise, doing something that you think is interesting and creating your own niche business off of it. You also have a backup plan if you know one day you find yourself at a li- you have a little kid at, at a different life transition points, you have many options available to you. So I congratulate you on doing that. I think it's really cool. Um, Susan McPherson is the ultimate connector as she has self-proclaimed, but will proclaim it as well. So I'm so glad that she put us in Indeed. touch. So let's ask some of these questions. My inclination would have been for the about section to be short and sweet so that you could keep the attention span focused. Using as much space as possible is the opposite. So why do you go counterintuitive on that? That's such a great question. So the reason you want to use as much space as possible is you want the opportunity for as many keywords to be used in the about section so that people can find you. People might, you know, might be searching for, I'm going to use the word women's empowerment. Maybe you mentioned that twice in your about section. The more times you repeat a keyword that's important to your work, the more likely someone's going to discover your your profile. That's just the way the algorithm works. An algorithm will understand that this keyword is important to your profile if it's been used two to three times in in the sentence. So that's why you want to maximize the space. That being said, the first paragraph, in fact, just the first three lines of your about section are really the most important of that about section because that's all someone will see unless they decide to click read more. So if you notice on a LinkedIn profile, oftentimes you'll only see, yeah, like a couple lines. So, you know, really that's the most, most important part of your about section. But the reason to to use all the space is just because it's an opportunity to use as many keywords as possible. Okay. What about for the women in our network who are consultants? Because it feels awkward sometimes because you're not actually working for that company. So then do you put down that company as a place that you've worked? How do you tell people to represent short-term opportunities? Oh, that's such a great question. I've worked with a number of people who are consultants on, on their resumes and LinkedIn. I recommend you can name a consultancy for yourself. So you could say, you know, let's say I wanted to call myself a uh, Chrysler strategies or something. And then you list each of your clients that would include uh, be one experience. And within that experience, you list all the clients that you've worked for. So like, you know, you could say, I could say, for example, my, you know, my company's Chrysler strategies, I describe, you know, I'm a LinkedIn and resume expert. Um, now I'm thinking about this, that I should probably add this to my profile. <laughs> um, and then you can list all the different businesses that you, or, you know, clients that you've had under that portfolio, basically. Okay. How do you insert hyperlinks into posts or highlight other people that you want to drive attention to? Okay. So just to clarify, is this in in your activity section? LinkedIn doesn't allow hyperlinks in your about section. And it doesn't allow for hyperlinks in the experience section either. So in the about section, you can't add links. Uh, You could like write out a website, but it won't hyperlink. 
you can add a website to your introduction section. So when you're filling out the introduction section, it will ask you, do you have a personal website you want to add there? That's where you would put it in. And then when you're um, adding a new experience at the bottom of the experience card that you fill out for each experience, there's an opportunity to add media. And that's where you add a link. Um, it's very complicated. I, I wish it were a little bit more straightforward with LinkedIn, but that's how, how you would do it. How important is it to put job dates? This is especially a question that really bums out older professionals because it feels like you're going to be judged by like the year you graduated from college or your first job or, you know, we can also talk about this as it relates to people who have gaps in their jobs. So let's break the question down into the job dates and like just specific dates. And then let's talk about how you craft a narrative around people who have transition careers or have career gaps. Yeah, that's a great question. So I have many clients who do not add their graduation dates for, for this particular reason, and that's totally fine. And the other thing is you, you don't have to add your entire work experience into LinkedIn. So you can really, this is where it differs from a CV, where a CV, you, you kind of want to add your entire career you can add just a selection of different companies that you've worked for and just say in your about section, this profile is a snapshot of the, my, you know, my most um, relevant work experience to who I am today as a professional. The other thing is that LinkedIn now has made it easy to, in the experience section, you can actually add a break, like a career break. And it's an opportunity to say why you have a career break. I think this is actually quite a new feature on LinkedIn. They, they launched it about six months ago and it was in part uh, a result of the pandemic and you know people leaving their jobs, especially women, for very obvious reasons that they were unfortunately doing a lot of the childcare. LinkedIn has made it easy to be able to mention those breaks and explain why you have them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on whether or not I think it's going to be beneficial or harmful to put that in there. Or you're better off just like sort of explaining it when if you get an interview, but you know, I don't know. Um, so what if a job title isn't very specific or has a different name? Like could be somebody wrote in photo researcher in the US, picture researcher in the UK, media editor at some publications, or there are like made-up titles in a lot of the tech companies where it's like, it doesn't actually correlate to anything outside of that company. So is that something where you'd want to explain it or how do you work that if you're, if you're trying to cover a lot of bases? Yeah. So I've, I've encountered these job titles. They are kind of untraditional, especially in the tech sector. I wouldn't use that job title in your headline. I think you're, you know, that headline, that's your elevator pitch. You want to be as clear as possible about what your role really is. So obviously, you know, everybody knows what a CEO, CFO, like head of marketing, like people get that. But if you're, you know, if you're, if your title is something like chief of people or something that feels less clear, you know, you could say that maybe that role is related to company culture. You could, your headline could say something along the lines of, you know, my passion is making the culture in my company uh, you know, reflect the values of something. I'm just making that up. In your experience section, you can use the titles that you had at your job, but you could just put a one-liner underneath it saying, you know, this is equivalent to human resources in a more traditional role. Uh, so you could you could explain it that way. What's the worst thing you've seen on someone's LinkedIn page? Or like the 
don't do this thing, like red flag? Yeah, so for sure, not having a picture is terrible. You know, it just makes you feel like a phantom account. And it's there's something very kind of sketchy about that. I also think being too bombastic is can be a little bit um, off-putting. But really, the yeah, number one thing is either a terrible picture, like a picture where you can't really see the person, or a picture that's really not professional, and or just you, not having a picture at all. Do you have an opinion on the first person versus third person? I know you wrote mine as third person, but you were obviously writing it for me. There are people who think that that's awkward and it's better to write it in first person. What What's your take on it? I really think it's just a personal preference. I don't think there's one that's better than the other. I think it, you know... Some people, it just, it fits their personality to have it be completely first person. Yeah, I I don't really have an opinion. I've done both um, with my clients. Is there a way that you think it's best to show if you're a consultant that you would also be open to full-time roles? How would you express that in story? I'll, I'll answer that question in two parts. There is an option on LinkedIn in your introduction section to say that you are looking for work. That's a setting that you can sort of turn on. So just and, and you can say looking for full or part-time. So that's that's more technical. But the way you you, you know you might say it in, in your about section is, you know, you, you love having a number of clients, but you're uh, and you're excited to keep building your portfolio as a consultant, but you're also really open to full-time. It's really you can be that clear. I am open to full-time work. And and making clear statements like that really works on LinkedIn. The opposite though, like what about somebody who's in a full-time role and wants to take on side gigs or it's open to a new job, but you can't put on that button because then your coworkers and your boss is going to see that you're looking for a job or even like if you want to update what you're working on feels like could be sketchy. How do you do that, like subtly? Yeah, that's super tricky. I'm actually working with a client right now who is she's trying to move from her job to having a, her own portfolio of clients as a consultant. And what we're doing is that we're we're really taking away from her about section anything related to the role that she currently has and making it a little bit broader, about more focused on like the goals that she has as a professional beyond the work that she currently does. So really more making it more aspirational. So it it signals that she likes what she's doing, but she's excited to build on the skills that she currently has. For example, you know, to be a little bit more specific, like she currently works in the business development of music, but actually she really wants to be go into talent management. And she's saying that in a very aspirational way. I would say that there is no shame in updating your profile. This is something like LinkedIn is something that we should be working on. It is part of your job. It's not something that you just like put out there and then you forget about it. And it's like, you know, just like a static page. I think it gets not as much love and attention as it needs because it's not as exciting as like Instagram or, you know, TikTok or whatever, which are great places. And people are using those places to get jobs as well. And that's something to think about. But in terms of LinkedIn, you need to be actively engaged with LinkedIn to be searchable and to like really be optimized and to work your network, which means like, I mean, there's all sorts of things on like how often you should be posting and what cadence you should be posting things and how time many times a week. And there's, there's all of that. But 
redoing your profile and tweaking things is part of engaging with LinkedIn. And if you're not comfortable doing it and you're not comfortable creating your own story, which personally I I was not, I'm not good at that. And most people are not good at telling their own story, writing their own narrative, selling themselves in any way, seeing it from afar and being able to like synthesize what is it that I actually do? What are my strong suits? How do I want to sell myself? That's why I think working with an outside professional like Rebecca is so valuable because it's an investment into yourself. LinkedIn is not like, I'm just going to put a pretty picture of myself up. It's really has to work for you. The way that it's set up is so specific and unique to LinkedIn. So I think that like hiring you to do this is an enormous benefit. I would suggest everybody who's listening hire Rebecca, even if you have, you know, now you have the tips on what to do and you can do it yourself. But I, you know, for people who have a hard time really thinking through who they are, people who have had career gaps, people with resume gaps, people who are career transitioning, it's really helpful to have somebody who's not yourself say, nope, that's actually not what you do. This is what you do. This is who you are. This is how we're going to tell the story. And you're a comms person. So I'm, I'm sure that that just really sort of helps you figure out how to create a strategy and a communication for who people are. Yeah, absolutely. And just candidly, I I can't write my own. So, you know, I I have all these tools and know exactly how to do it, but it's just hard to see. It's just hard to really see yourself in your work. And I think we end up being very humble and afraid to say things about what, you know, what a professional life has been, but someone else can say it for you. And, you know, so I would love to work with any or all of you. I can't remember how much it costs to hire you, but I think it's, different for different things. So yeah, we can, you know, that's something that it, it really depends on all the different, you know, I offer LinkedIn, I offer resume, I offer uh, personal websites. And so I, you know, I, I work on different packages based on people's needs. It's not an enormous expense in terms of what you're getting out of it and how much time and effort it would take for you to do something on your own. If this is not something that comes easy to you. If it is, great. If it's not, hire someone. You know, that that is going to be your best bet. Now, how important and helpful are recommendations? I think this was something that became very sort of popular about five years ago. I think a lot of people were giving each other recommendations. Most profiles that I work on and don't have them. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about recommendations. I wouldn't worry too much about endorsements of your skills. Uh, I really think the most important thing is to have that story on there. That's the the most critical part of your LinkedIn. Okay. And um, wait, what's your email address? It's R-S-K-R-I-S-E-L at gmail.com. Didn't you just make a website? What's yeah. your website? Mm-hmm. It's RebeccaChrysel.com. So, you know, my, my name. And then forward slash work dash with dash me. Oh, cute. Oh, so that's a question I had. You said something about customizing your URL. So the thing I think that's great about that is that let's say you have a very common last name or you have a maiden name or something where it's like sort of confusing on, you know, there's lots of different ways in which people are changing names these days. You could then use that if it doesn't have to be just like your actual given name, you could use that to be like, you know, Jenny 
Horowitz Galuzzo or Jenny used to be, you know, you also known as so that it can show the shift and also make it easier for when you're typing in someone's name to search for them. Cause sometimes I find it's like hard to find people on the LinkedIn search when you're doing the at the somebody's name. It right. doesn't always bring up the people that you want because it could have a space, it could have a dash. LinkedIn doesn't make it that easy to search. So that's actually a good way to search so that you can get a wider range. Exactly. This was great. This is also, like I said, going to be on our website very soon. It will be on the blog. I will make sure that it's pushed on social media. And I am Rebecca's biggest fan. I think that like this is such a hidden talent and just an awesome story. I so. I applaud you. I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for doing mine and the second shifts, but I also thank you for creating this amazing presentation for our community. That is an enormous amount of value. And, you know, really, I I thank you so much. So because I'm such a big fan, I'm going to be like pushing you everywhere and making you so busy. You will never finish your PhD, but no, you have to. Uh, thank you for doing this, Rebecca. You're, you are just a gem. Well, thanks. Thanks Jenny for inviting me. Thanks to the second shift and to everyone who's here. This has been such a joy. And I really hope to hear from all of you. Um, if you're interested, I mean, it's really actionable. What you're saying is really helpful. So I, people really appreciate it. And so do I. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much, Rebecca. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. For more, you can follow along at thesecondshift.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and help us make work work for you and for all women.